You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. It's mostly retail selling. The CEOs that I talk to, the management that I talk to, uh, I'm always checking Canadian Insider to see who's buying and selling. You know, strong hands aren't selling here. It's retail that's selling. And I'm even starting to see um, insider buying and seeing management buying some of the stocks that I own and some of the stocks that I'm following to take positions in. So days like today make me very happy because I'm seeing companies, I'm following companies that are that are seeing insider buying my management. Their market caps are coming down to, to a ridiculously low level and compared to where I believe the gold price is going to be within six months. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers, speaking today with my friend and newsletter writer, long-term junior mining investor, David Erfley over at JuniorMinerJunkieWithAY.com. David on Twitter right now as we chat on Monday, the, the head, the, one of the uh, trends is Black Monday. Now, you've been alerting your t- subscribers that something like this could occur. So could you give us your analysis of what you see going on in the general equities as well as the junior mining stocks, please? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's margin call Monday, basically. Um, yeah, this was all set up by that CPI that came out. And I sent out an alert to my subscribers the day before that CPI alert came out, warning them that uh, what may happen. Um, if it surprises to the upside and boy, did it surprise to the upside. Um, but the, the big surprise was on the following Friday, everything started taking a dump and going into the U.S. dollar, but also gold. Gold came down and, and tested uh, support at, 18, at, at 18.25. And then it turned around and shot higher after the, the, the Michigan uh, Consumer Survey came out showing showing the lowest indicates the, the, the lowest levels of consumer confidence ever in its history. So the, the gold price shot up with the U.S. dollar while everything else was pretty much being sold. And it also turned around the mining stocks for a day. <laughs> um, so we, we come up, we come in and we come into to, to trading on Monday morning here. And uh, the S&P and the Dow and the, and the NASDAQ have shot down below their earlier lows um, from a few weeks ago, the bounce did not really did not really last very long, and, and it didn't go as high as most expected. Um, shorts were pretty large in, in the market, so um, many were expecting uh, some more short covering, maybe back up to the forty three hundred level in the in in the uh, in the S and P. Wasn't even able to make it after that uh, after that uh, um, much hotter than expected CPI report came out. So. Everybody's in panic sell mode here, and um, gold is now being hammered as well. As you know, gold is one of the easiest things to sell for margin calls, and um, that's being sold as well. Mining stocks are being hit. So, as personally, you know, um, since I prepared myself and my subscribers for this, the the the, por- the the half portion of my portfolio that is cash is happy. This is this is happening. The other half of my portfolio that has core positions in many juniors is not so happy, but I am happy because they're just slightly because they're just core positions. I can add to them later on with low, with these lower prices. So that's the kind of position you want to be in when you're expecting something like this to take place. You want to, you want to be in the position to root for either outcome. 
because this has been set up for quite a long time with the Federal Reserve being behind the curve and uh, the market losing all confidence in the Federal Reserve and most of these central banks now, uh, quite frankly, um, as they've lost control of inflation. I mean, you know, first they come out and they tell us that that inflation is transitory and it's not going to last. And then um, you have Secretary uh, 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 Treasury Secretary Yellen basically coming out and apologizing for getting that wrong. I mean, how many how often how often do you hear any government official apologize? Apologize for being wrong on anything. Um, so I did. I kind of, you know, uh, congratulated her for that. But as far as as far as what they're doing and how they're doing it, they're they've been trapped. And you know, all of us here in the gold sector know they've been trapped. I mean, we we've waited for this outcome. We've been expecting this outcome, and now we're just waiting to find, waiting to 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 to, to see when the Fed is going to pivot back to being dovish and back to saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, we, we cannot, we, we, it doesn't look like we can raise these rates as aggressively as we wanted because the economy is crashing. So, of course, they're going to flower it up with some other language. But um, the Fed has has historically pivoted the last few times. Uh, the last time, they it, it only took six months for them to pivot when they started raising interest rates in, in December of 2018. So, um, you know, with all this debt, that that uh, is the sovereign debt crisis that's going on. The you know the global debt is over three hundred trillion. Uh, the the U.S. debt is over thirty trillion. You know the the interest payments on the, on that debt. You know once it does get to two percent is over a trillion dollars. You know the market's already priced in. The Fed is being the Fed um, raising the Fed funds rate to two point seven five percent by September, and that's basically two more fifty basis point rate high and a 75 basis point rate high. So now with the CPI coming in so hot on Friday, investors are wondering, hey, are they going to raise 75 basis points this Wednesday? We don't know. It's created more uncertainty. And what do investors do when there's, when there's a lot of uncertainty? They sell and they go to cash. So if we don't see this 50 basis point hike on Wednesday of this week, is that gold's trigger that some are expecting? If the Fed stops and, and turns dovish, as you're saying, could oh. this be the blast off point? That's not going to happen this Wednesday. You know they're they're forced into into raising rates here. They got to get it. They have to get up to a to to an area where they can where they can come down from. You know it's only one percent right now. So um, I ex, I expect mortgage that, applications are down twenty two percent last month. I saw exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And the mortgage rate is over five point four percent now. It went from less than three percent to over five percent in just a few months. That has taken a lot of people off the market, off out of, out of the housing market. So yeah, I mean, um, they are they are stuck between a rock and a hard place, and, and it's an election year. So you know, how long are they going to let the markets tank before they before they pivot? You know, I I you know I think gold started to sniff out a pivot uh, last week. You know, last Friday, um, and I I think. What, what the market is going is, is going to be keying on is what Chair Powell is going to be saying in that uh, press conference afterwards. Because you know they're going to they're going to raise fifty basis points, you know, and 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 they're going and, and they're going to and they're going to lower their balance sheet. And we know that that's going to happen. But they're going to be waiting to hear clues on whether they're going to maybe raise, maybe they're going to up it to seventy five basis points at the July meeting. Or the September meeting, you know, they're going to be focusing on the dot plot, basically. 
that's that's what that's what investors are going to be keying on while the markets are falling into in, into this decision on Wednesday. Um, the actual decision will be made at, at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time, and then the press press conference begins at 2:30 Eastern time on Wednesday. So you know it's going to be quite volatile going in there, and then once once uh, that press conference takes place, it's going to be extremely volatile uh, in the marketplace uh, while that's taking place. Because, you know, I mean, it's funny. And as far as the mining sector is concerned, this is all taking place during PDAC. You know, PDAC has been delayed to June this year, and it's taking place during arguably the most important FED, uh, FOMC meeting. So, you know, the PDAC curse looms large again. Is it going to be a reverse the PDAC curse? You know, with the, if the if the Fed comes out and you know starts talking a little dovish to 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 soothe the, the savage beasts of the, of the market and to, and try to get people from from you know stop stop panicking and selling everything. I mean, that's that's the big question here. And the funny thing is. This is what, as we're as I'm talking about this, and, and we're and we're uh, we're trying to um, look forward to see you know how the Fed is going to handle this 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 really difficult the most difficult predicament the, the, the Federal Reserve has ever been in. I mean, it's quite frankly, this is the most difficult predicament. This the, the world's largest and most important important central bank has been in. We have to realize how tiny the gold market is especially the mining sector, you know, I mean, to put it into perspective, Amazon the other day went down a large amount, right? Like over seven, eight percent, something like that. That what Amazon lost in one day is more than the entire mining sector, the entire gold complex. That's the market cap of the entire gold block. That's, you know, that's incredible. And that's why, the, the miners are, are basically spring-loaded here. You know, you see a, a, the volume is really dried up in a lot of these juniors. Like, my account is really not down that much today in comparison to how, how far down the GDXJ is because most of them are sold out. There's, there's not many to sell, left to sell. You know, it's mostly retail selling. You know, I, the, 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 the CEOs that I talk to, the management that I talk to, uh, I'm always checking Canadian Insider to see who's buying and selling. You know, strong hands aren't selling here. It's retail that's selling. And I'm even starting to see um, Insider buying. I'm seeing management buying some of the stocks that I own and some of the stocks that I'm following to take positions in. So days like today make me very happy because I'm seeing companies, I'm following companies that are, that are seeing Insider buying my management. Their market caps are coming down to to a ridiculously low level, and compared to where I believe the gold price is going to be within six months, and um, I've got cash to deploy once I once I feel there's capitulation coming into the stock, and capitulation has been happening in a lot of these stocks lately, and um, it could come to a head on Wednesday. So, Dave, you, you mentioned uh, you, you built up cash in your portfolio, and that's essentially a hedge against uncertainty. And if your mining stocks decline, what are some other ways that you hedge your portfolio? Can you share a few tips, please? Sure. Yeah, I, I sent out an alert. I, well, basically, in my, my newsletter a couple of weeks ago, I said I was going to short the S&P with uh, a three-time short uh, ETF vehicle, SPXU. Now, this is very high risk. You know, it's a it's it's a day trading vehicle basically. So, 
you know, I wasn't, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to hedge by shorting miners because it's ridiculous to short miners here. They're, they're, they're so cheap here and they could, they could, they could pop at any moment. Like what happened last Friday can happen at any time. These things, and it usually happens when everybody least expects it. <laughs> so, you know, so shorting the stock market made more sense to me. Um, but I wanted to wait for um, a lower risk entry point because I thought that the S&P would at least get to like the 4,300 level. So I was waiting for that to take place. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't. It started to roll over and sell off sharply right after that uh, uh, CPI came out. So I didn't get it in. But I got a lot of nice emails from my subscribers that did. They were able to short and they're doing very well right now. So that's that's all I care about. As long as my subscribers are doing well, you know. I'm not, I'm not too upset about it because I, I still have all this cash and it just gives me more cash to, to, to deploy once I feel that, that this slingshot, uh, that it's not, not slingshot, this, this major bottom in, in the mining stocks occurs. I mean, I think it's in the process of taking place, but I just don't know how much more panic selling is, is, is going to come in to certain stocks that I'm following or the sector. I mean, you take a look at the GDX, GDX, for instance, you know, it's making a series of higher lows. Um, the GDXJ, a, a series of higher lows on a weekly closing basis. And the 30 level on the GDXJ, on the GDX is all important. I mean, that 30 level has been, has been critical support and critical resistance going back six years, ever since the second phase of the gold bull market started in, the, in late 2015. That 30 level has been has been a magnet. So GDX right now is trying to hold above it right now, and it's closed below it a few times on a daily basis. But week, weekly, it's pretty much held that 30 area. And also, we've got the the, the, uh, the quarter end coming up here at the end of the quarter. So um, if the GDX closes below 30 on a quarterly basis, that would not be good. Um so um, closely looking at that, and as far as the the GDXJ is concerned, um, if it gets it's it, it's trying to hold that thirty five level, that's been really strong support going back for a few years, and you know it's it's basically um, been lagging because it's it's full of higher risk juniors. Um, so um, I'm looking at maybe a thirty two area being seen if we see more panic selling coming into the stock market and this S&P gets down to like 35 or maybe even 3,200 um, because 3,500 is a 50% is a retracement from the peak that it made in July and January 4th from the, from the pandemic low. That would be a 50% retracement. And then a 61% retracement would be around that 3,200 level. So if that takes place short, sharp panic wise, um, then we could see that 32, 33 area in the GDXJ maybe. And that would be a 50% retracement of its high that it made in August of 2020. And after going up 300% in 4.8 months. So this sector can be crazy. You know, it can show you crazy moves. You have to be super patient. You have to be super diligent and you have to, and you really have to manage your risk and don't trade on margin in the sector by any so you said it's retail, not an insider selling right now. But for you and I to get the gains we want, we need retail to be gobbling up That's these right. shares that we own. And you yes. said to me in the past, and you've told your newsletter writers that we need to see $2,000 gold, not become a ceiling, but become a floor. Or we need to see 
a lot of M&A action. Okay, so I segue with that to say one uh, company in your portfolio, Gold Standard Ventures, they signed a definitive agreement to be acquired by Orla Mining for a 35% premium at today's uh, share price, which some could argue is a take under. So is this a take over, <laughs> take under? What's your analysis here? <laughs> well, if you're a legacy shareholder, you're not happy with this deal. Uh, but, you know, I got into it um, basically um, a little, about the same price is where it's trading right now after this merger was announced. Um, it's, I like the deal. You know, I just watched the, the webcast and I looked at the, at the slide presentation. You know, um, I like the deal uh, because I got in, you know, um, it's pretty much trading at what, at what I paid for it right now. And I think Orla can, can advance the, the price. It, it goes, it slips in well with their other projects. You know, they've got a couple of um, high margin oxide projects with huge uh, sulfide components to them. One is in, in Mexico that they just they, did, they just built on time and under budget in this day and age. And that's, 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 that's a, a good uh, confidence vote for the management team, um, especially if you could, if you could, if you could uh, bring it in under budget with, while everything has been screaming higher in this, you know, as inflation is crazy everywhere. Um, and you know, they're cash flowing, you know, they made, they just, they just announced an eight cents per share, um, um, uh, beat in their, in their uh, latest quarter and cash flowing 39 million. And they've got another project in Pam, Pam, Panama. That's, that's similar and gold, uh, standard ventures, a railroad pinion project slides right in with that model. So they're on basically if this merger goes through and I expect it to, um, you know, both boards have approved it you know, and, um, everybody's on board with it. So, um, if it goes through, they're going to be a, they're, they're, they're slated to be a 500,000 uh, ounce per year producer in a few years, you know, depending on when they get the permits for the other two projects. So um, I like the deal. I'm probably going to hold my shares. I may even add to them later, you know, once I feel a bottom is in, in the sector or in the, or in the stock. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's basically why we buy these things, but we obviously hope for, for a takeover at a, at a, at a higher premium, you know, earlier in the year, I was fortunate to have a company that was taken over at a decent premium and I did do well with it with, and along with my subscribers. And that was when Perseus mining took over Orca resources. So, you know, I, I fully expect this to continue. You know, um, this started when um, the M&A picked up again when we had a high-profile major merger announcement of Goldfields taking over Yamana. You know, and anytime this happens, uh, you know, you know, uh, it's 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 been happening at the bottom of markets when everybody's selling their shares and panicking. You know, as opposed to when it was happening during the last cycle in 2010, 2011, when it was the top of the market. And and obviously, management uh, learned from their huge mistakes of taking over, you know, uh, large bulk tonnage mines with, with low margin projects at the top of a market. It killed the industry. You know, it, it killed the sector. Um, so they've learned from all those mistakes. They got strong balance sheets now, and they're 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 making these takeovers at the right time. They're they're buying them on sale. When they should be buying them on sale, and um, it's it's only going to be good for the sector because this sector needs a lot more consolidation. Dave, you and I in 2019, we spent three days together in Nevada. 
and we were on the Battle Mountain trend, Eureka trend. And I remember ha having a discussion, but I don't fully remember the answer. And we, we, had, we were saying, why hadn't Gold Standard Ventures project been bought by the, the, the JV between Barrick and Newmont yet? And if I recall, uh, the, the, the leader said, well, it's probably because they're just focused on what they have at hand. Even though they have all this infrastructure here, they have their exploration potential. So they're just focusing on this right now. Do you recall or why do you think it took so long for this discovery and then now what is now a deposit to be bought out and bought out from a, a company that doesn't even have any existing infrastructure in Nevada? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think, well, one, I think the previous management team um, overdrilled the project and um, over diluted the stock and um once this new management team took over, you know, the damage was already done and they and uh, the sector came into a bear market, you know. So I think that's that's a big reason. Um, another big reason is is it's not as as large as it could be after all the money they spent and all the drilling they did. So I think they saw a lot of waste there. And but. You know, as far as this deal is concerned, it's a it, it, it's a great deal for for Orla shareholders. And like I said, it's not a very good deal for for uh, anybody who got into Gold Standard Ventures at any point of basically uh, before this year, <laughs> um, because the stock has been steadily going down. You know, ever since it peaked, you know, I think it peaked in 2016 or 2017. Um, it was one of the darlings of the sector. It got a, you know, it got a, it got a U.S. listing, um, you know, and um, it was the go-to stock for a little for for a while. But it has been cratering ever since. And I got into it thinking, wow, look how cheap this thing is, and it's got this, it's got this U.S. listing, and um, they've they've proved up, they've, they've proved up a, a nice deposit. They've got this huge land package. This is ripe for a takeover at a decent premium. Well, I was right about the first part, but the decent premium part, uh, I was wrong about. But like I said, you know, um, uh, it's trading at pretty much where my subscribers and I paid for it. So I'm probably going to recommend that uh, we keep it because I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it because I really like the Orla model. I like the management. I like what they've done so far. And I like uh, the prospectivity of all three of these uh, mines once they get into production. Uh, I mean, their margins are going to be over a thousand dollars per ounce at these at, the, at these gold prices, and I fully expect the gold price to be a lot higher once they're once they're up to producing five hundred thousand ounces per year in a couple of years. And to also put it in perspective, the fifty-two week high on the stock was seventy-four cents. The deal was priced at sixty-five and a half cents. And I think it was trading at like 55 cents Canadian. So, I mean, like it's like and if you're already in it. On a day that, that the sector is tanking <laughs> and uh, well, not just the sector, but everything is tanking. And while everybody's going into the U.S. dollar, uh, the, 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 the timing of it's, the timing of the deal is, is not good, good either. But uh, it's great for Orla shareholders. So, you know, if you're an Orla shareholder that got in before it took off, you're happy. Yep. Last question. It's uh, summertime here. We're in mid-June. PDAC is occurring for the first time in June, uh, not March, as, as you referenced. Is it sell in May and go away? Should we expect any fireworks this summer or, or what do you think? Yeah, well, you know, it's been it's been selling May 
and go away since since basically since August of 2020. <laughs> but um, as far as what to expect, like I said, you know, I mean, we're getting we're really getting down to the nitty gritty here on what what gold is going to do. It's either going to really fall out of bed and take a huge dump, and uh, we're going to see massive capitulation. But what I'm seeing, uh, all the signs that I'm seeing um, in what's happening with a lot of these stocks, you know, most of them have already had their capitulation. They're trading at these at these incredible values. And um, like I said, it's it's that it's that magic two thousand dollar gold price. But, you know, the gold stocks always anticipate this. You know, they always move first. You know, as, as far as capitulation is concerned, you're seeing capitulation in the marketplace right now. The, the gold stocks. Have, have historically began to sell off before a, market, a, a major market decline, and they always bottom before the, the major market decline bottoms. A perfect example is 2008. I, I remember going to a conference in 2000, in, in late 2007, early 2008. You know, it was like very, getting very, very frothy. I'd done really well. I was, I was in a serious life change where I was quitting my job and making this my full-time, making, making investing in, in the mining stock my full-time job. So I sold quite a bit. I didn't sell everything, but I sold quite a bit. And um, sure enough, the, the mining sector pretty much predicted the decline of the stock market because we all know what happened into, into October of 2008 in the mining sector. I mean, we just saw massive capitulation. You know, a perfect, a good example of massive capitulation of, of, of a quality asset was um, uh, in 2006. Barrick Gold made an offer on Nova Gold. Yeah, I think it was like $16 a share, all correctly. I fortunately was a Nova Gold shareholder, and I was very happy with with that offer. I took it. Nova Gold did not, um, and the stock proceeded to sell down to 37 cents by. The, by the capitulation low that took place in, in, the, in, in the sector in October of 2008. So um, anybody who had cash down there was very happy. I fortunately did have a lot of cash and I, I, I bought a, a bunch of stock. I did very well on the way up. But my, but my original point is that the gold stocks bottomed in October of 2008, while the, the marketplace, the, the U.S. market, did not bottom until March of 2009. So from 2008, to, from, from, from October of 2008 to March of 2009, the gold sector was bifurcating from, from the U.S. stock market and going higher. And um, I vividly recall even where I was at the bottom of the market in 2009. I was in Ushuaia, which is the, which is the southernmost city in the world in, in Argentina. And the port which is a very busy port. There was not one ship in the harbor. There were just containers lined up in the port. That, that one ship, it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. And I said to myself, this, is, this isn't a bottom. I don't know what is. So I just started to buy even more. And um, I, I, you're just getting that, you're getting the feeling that something like that is about to take place in, in, the, in the mining sector again. Um, at the same time that, that the Federal Reserve monetary policy will be forced to pivot. We just don't know when that time is. So um, having a lot of cash now, you know, it may not make sense as far as inflation is concerned. But if you're a speculator, it's it's it, it's all important right now to have a lot of cash because you want to be able to take advantage of, the, of these bargains that take place 
right before the or or right after the Fed pivots because we know it's coming. Excellent. Well, David, your website is juniorminerjunkiewithay.com. If you're new to David's um, commentary, go over there, sign up for his free email list. Every Friday evening, you'll get emailed his weekly commentary as it relates to the macroeconomic environment, the gold sector, and the junior miners. And if you want specific guidance, he has a paid for service, which is very educational. Even if you don't buy any stocks that he features, the educational value of what David offers in terms of his weekly commentary, interpreting what's going on, giving you his, his advice. It's well worth a thousand or so dollars uh, annually that the service costs. So David, uh, you know, I support your service. I've learned a lot uh, from you over these, whatever, six years we've known each other. And uh, thank you for contributing to my show again today. Oh, thank you for having me on every month, Bill. I really appreciate it. Um, and I just want to convey to, to all your listeners you know, trade safe, but don't trade scared. You know, uh, it's a great time to have uh, a lot of cash. And if you're fortunate to have a lot of cash, just be patient. And um, this sector will eventually reward you if if you end up um, taking advantage of some of these deals that are coming our way. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well, or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own 
own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.